0: what is going on everybody welcome back to another edition of horror movie reviews with hometown ghost stories i am joined by dave wilkins as always as always here i am but also this week uh if you're watching the video version you can see him on screen we refuse to bring him in separately we have jesse on as well this week welcome Oh my God! He just removed himself. Hey, what's uh, <laughs> going on, guys? It's good to be here. Now the show's run. Thanks, I'm thanks excited. for finally joining us on one of the uh, horror movie reviews.
1: Yeah, I haven't been avoiding you guys. I just haven't seen any of the movies that you've reviewed yet. But I have Guess seen. He these doesn't two. like horror movies. He gets too scared. I love, look at my shirt. Look at my shirt. For those that are listening, <laughs> I bought a shirt just for this podcast. It says "Let's watch scary movies," and it has Michael Myers on it.
0: Uh, i definitely watch
1: (laughs) horror movies
0: oh no so now that we've gotten canceled by everybody (laughs) um we're actually going to be reviewing The Conjuring 1 and The Conjuring 2 today. Which, you're which not, I have
2: on my shirt. If you're not watching, <laughs> yeah. Jesse has a, a ghost face from the Screen movies on this shirt. That's what right. He does.
1: Which I knew but, about. And that was a joke because I'm hilarious, which is why you guys brought me on. Because you guys were lacking any kind of comedy whatsoever in your horror movie reviews. Yeah. So I came here to spice things up. they you know. We yes. appreciate it. I come in when Thanks. I'm needed,
0: you know. Thanks. We yeah, we we appreciate it. Anyways, You're we're welcome. gonna be covering the Conjuring one and Conjuring two, which we assume that most people have seen these movies. They're two of the you know it's one of the most popular, if not the most popular, horror franchise out there right now. And we figured you know we've done a lot of slasher movies, we've covered those extensively. We covered uh, Malignant, which is fucking stupid that Dave made me watch. <laughs> So we figured we should, you know, we're a ghost show. Why don't we cover a couple of movies about ghosts? So we, as a, to...
1: as a listener of of your horror movie reviews, Thank yes, you. I will say that while Rob, you did a very good job of making *Malignant* sound like a piece of shit movie. Dave, you made a made a really compelling point for me to want to watch the movie. <laughs> Both, oh. I gotta I gotta watch it and decide whose team I'm on. But mm. most you definitely, you definitely didn't scare me away from watching the movie, Rob but you did a great job of pitching why it was awful. And then Dave kind of embraced the awfulness and kind of, kind of wrapped that into why it's a good movie and why you should see it is because of its intentional awfulness. So
0: it's so just like, this is a a personal review for you because this is an inside thing, which is probably great for the podcast, but it's like watching the movie mama, but being furious the whole time instead of being entertained was Mm. my, was my approach to it.
1: That's that's how I was when watching I, I hope we do a review on Mama one day because uh, I need to be on that episode.
0: Yeah. And I'm well. gonna get
1: pumped up. I'm gonna do a bunch of coke and I'm gonna be fucking <laughs> raging around the room throwing shit about how angry I am. It's gonna be insane. I'm not gonna wear a shirt in that episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's get into um the conjuring. The first one. Dave, you got a synopsis for us? Yeah. So uh the conjuring, the original conjuring
2: movie from 2013 stars Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga um lily taylor and ron jesse livingston- put your
0: shirt back on
2: <laughs> and ron <laughs> livingston from office space um and in 1970 paranormal investigators and demonologists lorraine and ed warren are summoned to a home the home of carolyn and roger perrin the parents and their five daughters have recently moved into a secluded farmhouse where a supernatural presence has made itself known Though manifestations are relatively benign at first, events soon escalate in horrifying fashion, especially after the Warrens discover the house's macabre history. So, um,
0: this movie is and that's all the time we have. After Dave has just read <laughs> us the novelized version of the movie, <laughs> that's right. Uh,
2: I mean, it was an all-encompassing synopsis, so you're you're welcome. Um, so. What's interesting about this movie, or what I found interesting about this movie, is that there's almost nothing that separates this movie from your typical run-of-the-mill haunting movie. Uh, Family moves into a new house, weird things start happening, weird things intensify, the family seeks help, the help arrives, the intensity intensifies, um, the help that arrives solves the issue. Um, So it's really just like a standard haunting movie that doesn't really separate itself from other haunting movies. Um, the, so James Wan really didn't do anything different but what he did is he did it better which is cool um, the jump scares weren't typical jump scares uh, he does this thing where you think there's going to be a jump scare and then there isn't and then there is <laughs> it completely catches you off guard um, and the jump scares are like less jumpy more creepy um, a lot of the scenes are unsettling more so than like jumpy And uh, like, there's one particular scene um, that comes to mind that is probably one of my favorite horror scenes in any horror movie Um, is when Vera Farmiga is out by the clothesline and she's hanging sheets and one of the sheets blows off and like just catches on a, um, like a, a, um, what do you call it? Like a silhouette of like a person standing there and then blows away and there's nobody there. And it was just so good because it completely catches you off guard. You weren't expecting it. And this movie is really just from beginning to end. You have just just situations like this that scare you. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was very
1: different. That's what I that's what I got out of this uh, ghost movie. So the way that they portrayed the ghost, there wasn't a lot of CGI, um, which was surprising. Like, like you didn't see too many like transparent ghosts, and that's kind of what you expect. You just all of a sudden there's just you know someone standing there, and it, it was it was a lot different than other horror movies that I had seen, where it's like you expect the ghost to be. This translucent, misty figure that wisps in and out of a room like a shadow figure or something. And, and in this movie, it was just just some feet dangling like a dead body. And it, yeah, and that, it was, it was scene, just a different take. It was really cool.
2: That scene in particular was terrifying. That whole scene where she's in the basement, and you
0: had the the, the feet dangling, and you had the um the the woman with the child. So yeah, the mother of the child that yeah. you see a few times throughout
2: the movie. It was just so scary i was watching this movie i've seen it a few times but i think one of the more recent times i was watching it like my boys are 13 and they like they're starting they're really into horror stuff and i'm like oh maybe this will be a good movie to watch with them and i was watching it and i'm just like i don't think so <laughs> i mean this was they were they were i mean they were younger at the time but i was like this probably isn't the one because it's so scary and an interesting fact about this one is james Wan was trying to make this movie a pg-13 movie he hit everything to make it PG-13 and when the rating came back as R, he almost, he just basically hit the ceiling and was like, what are you talking about? And they are like, it's just too scary for a PG-13 rating. So it's like how many movies, how many horror movies got that R rating just for being too scary?
0: Yeah, well, so for me when, I love slasher movies I love all types of different horror movies but in its purest form when a ghost movie is done well there's nothing that beats it, in my opinion, because it, it it's it doesn't take blood. It doesn't take gore to be scary. It's it's a, it's like a feeling like you're like an intense, like pit in your stomach feeling when you're dealing with a ghost movie that's done well. Um, Haunting a Hill House is, isn't a movie, but it's a series that I got the same feeling with that. So anytime you can perform or, you know, produce a horror movie that's ghost-based, that's great, it's it's just a next level for me. And The Conjuring does that, like, to, to a T. Like, it, like you said, Dave, it's paint-by-numbers in terms of, like, the acts, like, you, you laid them all out, I'm not gonna go through them again. But act one, act two, act three, act four, act five. Just paint-by-numbers ghost story. But the way he interprets it all and does everything within those acts is so almost perfect that There's nothing to argue with in this movie. Like, is there anything that you like? Can you pick out a scene that you're like, eh, not good? No, not so much. Not so
1: much on the first one, no. Like, it had been a while since I had seen a ghost horror movie that takes you into these moments where, oh shit, it's nighttime again, and you just can't wait for it to be light out again. You're like, oh God, just let's get to the next scene. Let's get through the night. Like, what the hell's going to happen this time? And it reminds me a little bit of the. Kind of the intensity of the paranormal activity movies where it's like, oh shit, it's nighttime again. What's going to happen now? And you just, you're just tense watching that movie. And um, I, I remember I watched it with Andrew one time and we were watching it. I don't know if you were with us, Rob, or not, but we're sitting here watching it and Andrew just doesn't jump at anything. And me, I'm jumping left and I'm like, ah! <laughs> and Andrew's just stone faced. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> He's very
0: stoic. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing got him. Um, uh, so, like, even like the like scenes that could technically be like throwaway scenes, the one the one that I think of is when the guy sees the nurse in the room. It's like the only time you see that nurse. Still a terrifying him. scene, and I wouldn't get rid of it because it's just so. It just. Brings you into that atmosphere, and it's like here's somebody seeing a different ghost that no one else had seen in the house yet. That's just a whole nother terrifying aspect of it. Um I I just I love everything about this movie. I just think it's so well done. And I Mm -hmm. and I've seen it multiple times now, and every time I see it, I'm still every once in a while. I just I jump a little bit at something and I'm just like, and you know it's coming. And you'll yeah. know it's coming, and you'll still jump at it because it's right. just done so well. And what was um, different
2: with this movie
1: from other ghost horror movies is you have the paranormal investigation aspect of it when Ed and Lorraine Warren bring in their team. And this kind of was like a nice break in like the chaos. And it was getting scarier and scarier. There was a nice little break. It's like, okay, now they got the professionals in the house. It's not going to be as scary. But that lasted all of two minutes, and then it immediately started getting scary again. But it was a whole different aspect. You get more people in the building. You know, like... Just like any other haunting, it's scarier when there's less people, right? If there's one person in the house, you know, of course, husband goes on vacation, wife is left alone, kids start seeing things, wife doesn't believe them, you know, your traditional horror movie script. Um, But then you get that kind of relief when the whole team comes in, but it just goes right out the window because things just get crazier and crazier. And um, I thought the movie wrapped up really well. So I thought, um, and this is one of the hardest things for me to um to grade horror movies on is or just i think horror movies in general the hardest thing is wrapping up the movie because you get three kind of endings you get either it ends with the bad guy winning it ends with the good guy winning or it ends in like an exorcism or it ends in complete chaos and it's just a weird ending i guess so maybe four but um this one i thought ended, ended pretty well and i guess you can categorize it as kind of a an exorcism yeah
0: yeah i i guess you can say that i mean the the one thing that so let's just start with this we'll start we're thousand minutes into this let's just throw throw in there that we are not going to compare this to the actual hauntings for the first or second movie um in relation to what actually happened we're just grading these as standalone movies instead right. of comparing if them if
1: you're curious about that uh we did do a whole episode on the Conjuring House, you can go back and listen to that, and we actually did go to that house and did an investigation there as well. And we
0: have Enfield coming up at some point in the near future as well. So we're just going to throw that out there that we are not comparing them to the actual hauntings. There's significant differences, Mm -hmm. and um, there's no need to to point them out. These are movies. they made artistic decisions to make it a better movie. We talked about it in the Conjuring episode. They did Um, say based on a true story,
2: so it is, I think, worth it to mention that while they say based on a true story, it is largely different from the original. Yeah. They use some of the names and that's about it.
0: Yeah. So the, the one thing that I would say that I, I liked about this movie, but it definitely becomes more apparent in the second movie was setting up spinoffs and sequels and such with the Annabelle doll. Um, just throwing like that whole mother aspect in there. I thought it was fine in the first movie. And when we get to the second movie, I think it kind of gets a little off the rails at that point. But uh, is there anything else you guys would want to say about the first movie?
1: I understand why they put the Annabelle doll in, but I think the Annabelle, Annabelle tie-in was completely unnecessary in the first movie.
2: Well, the movie wasn't based on the Perrin story. The movie was based on the Warren's case files. So when you look at it from that aspect, they're taking Warren case files. The Perrin family is one of their case files, and the Annabelle doll is one of their case files, and they... Put it into two. And the reason they do that is like we mentioned to have the spin-off movies. The same thing with the movie we're about to talk about. is the second one. They had they they took Amityville and Enfield and put them both together. Um
1: Well, I guess while we're on that subject, I think we jump right at, Oh, well let's No, do we gotta we gotta
2: rate. We gotta rate our movies. Yeah, yeah. Let's settle down. Um Yeah, this this is a five star for me. This is a perfect horror movie. I think it's one of the scariest I've seen. I think it's arguably the best horror movie, you know, all around. And I have no problem giving this a a perfect five star.
0: I'm five stars as well. I was trying to find a reason to not make it five stars earlier because it just seems so easy to do that. But anything I say would be just not truthful. Like I would just be I would be looking to not make it five stars out of just, just the general, general principle. principle. Just trying to yeah. save your five star. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, like for me, it's five stars. No, it's for for me, it's it's five stars across the board, and I hate giving my first horror movie rating as yeah. a five star. But this is literally my favorite horror movie, and I, I think it is a perfect horror movie. And it just is. because it's it's it was, and we already talked about it earlier, but because it was so much different than the other ones, while still being you know following the, yeah. like the the kind of plot lines, but. Anytime you mix in the paranormal investigation stuff, obviously that hits home for all of us. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's probably why, but yeah, so there we go. Boom. 15 stars. 15 Five stars across the board. Stars. That's, that, that is a, is a lot, strong rating stars. on conjuring. Number one,
2: what I would ask somebody to just to wrap this up too, is like, cause I've, I've, I've talked to people about the conjuring movie that didn't agree with me that it's the best or among the best um, or the scariest. And you just ask, what is a scarier movie? Like what's scarier? Like, you could toss out maybe Sinister, um, but, I mean, that's, you know, obviously it's subjective. But, like, if, if you ask me, it's like, I can't think of one
0: It's It's subjective, activity, but and, and it would be what actually hits your nerve, right?
2: Right. Because
0: if somebody's not into ghosts, then they're probably, like, laughing at a movie like this, maybe. Yeah, I think uh,
1: certain parts of Paranormal Activity movies I found scarier. But the plot of Paranormal Activity to me, to me sucks. I mean, Maybe we'll do a review on those in the future. <clears throat> it's kind of about nothing, and it's kind of just an over-over again, like, like gradually getting scary movie. I think because you tied in an actual... Without getting too plot much into horror. a different movie. Right, yeah. right, right. I think, but just to bring about which movies may have been higher on the scare factor. I was more scared watching those movies, but um, overall, Conjuring, a better, better
2: horror movie for sure.
0: All right, well, let's dive into The Conjuring 2.
2: uh, I will synopsis this. It's going to be just as long as the first one, so buckle up. So in 1977, paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren, come out of a self-imposed sabbatical to travel to Enfield, a borough in North London. There they meet Peggy Hodgson, an overwhelmed single mother of four, who tells the couple that something evil is in their home. Ed and Lorraine believe her story when the youngest daughter starts to show signs of demonic possession. As the Lawrence try to help the besieged girl, they become the next targets of the malicious spirit. Um, I've been back and forth on whether this one or the first one was better. And um, I remember when I first watched this movie, right when it came out, I was like, wow, this is actually better than the first one. The the non-Valak is terrifying. The crooked man is terrifying. And they're just so creepy. Um, Just he has... They are. I, I thought they nailed it with both those characters. Uh, you guys don't agree with me, as I see. So this this should be another interesting one. Um, All right. All
1: right. None terrifying. Crooked man in the toy.
2: The little animation of the crooked man dancing. I was like, that's freaking cool. To be fair. To be fair. You
1: missed it. All right. Go ahead.
2: And I, I know I might be backpedaling a little bit. I did not like the um, the uh, the CGI crooked man. Oh, that was very goofy. Terrible, um, to it, But Never the idea to of the Crooked Man, the Crooked Man song, like the little poetry yeah. poem thing. And that was all, the idea of it was terrible. I, I didn't been, like the CGI, to be the fair. The CGI
1: so. was awful. The CGI Absolutely was bad. Awful.
2: It
0: um, built up to a dud. Like you said, everything building towards that was great. And then the implementation of that CGI. So this goes back to the first movie. The amount of CGI they use in the first movie, you know, is limited. At best, it might just be the sheet scene that you brought up, which is done to perfection. All the ghosts are practical effects for the most part; like everything's practical effects. And you know how I am with that. I'd rather have a practical effect than a CGI effect. When you go into a franchise that is doing all these practical effects, everything looks great. The nun scary until you know you see her too much. I think is I, a problem. I, yep. I think that's a problem with the nun because then you then you lose that feeling of dread with her. We'll get to that. Um. Then you have this big CGI monster, and it looks awful. It was it so bad. It stands out so bad. It was my, pro- my problem with it was
1: bad. Yeah, my problem with it. First of all, the the CGI was really bad. Second of all, my bigger problem with it was the second time that he showed up. This thing like punches like its spike through the door. And it's like, okay, is this thing gonna attack people now? And then there's just nah, he's gone now. Like, wait yeah. a second. This guy was this thing was all of a sudden a violent threat. That's a brand new aspect to this ghost. And then they just abandoned it. And it was like, okay, never mind. Don't worry, he's not going to murder you anymore. It's just going to be scary every once in a while. He's going to sing a song now. So that was stupid. Let's go back to the beginning of the movie though. First of all, you talked about it. uh, It referenced Amityville, which was cool. That's obviously another one of the Warrens' case. We just covered it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Uh, there was a few really cool things with this Amityville reference. For one, I mean, the opening scene, you have the um, the seance or whatever they're doing inside the house. And what I thought was really cool was they referenced the picture of the little demon boy. And you see him on the stairs with his glowing white eyes or whatever. Right. And they, tie, they tied all those things. And I thought they actually did the Amityville tie-in really well without overdoing it. And they I went agree. back to it a little bit later in the movie, did a little callback to it. But it, it wasn't an Amityville movie. But it was very cool the way they did that. I also liked the fact that they ran that they brought in your uh, little vampire doctor. Yeah, Stephen
2: scene. Kaplan. And yeah. I had
1: never really noticed this when I first watched it, but um, Ed Warren kind of showed him. He was like, "You're a do-. he's like, what exactly are you a doctor of anyways?" Yeah. And, um, I, all, I could think of, all I could think of was Dave roasting him. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> now I get that scene a lot more than I did before.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. When I saw that scene, I knew who he was at that point. And just like everything that David said just comes up in your mind. So I, that scene hit a little different for me watching it this time. I thought the first half of this movie was terrifying. <laughs> I, th- I thought the first half of this movie is, is awesome. Like I, I, I think I might've been more scared at parts in this one. The jump scares got me a little more and I'd seen it. I just rewatched it the last couple of days mm-hmm. and I would seen this movie a few times before and it's just been a little bit. And, they got me with one of the old man ones. They got me with, oh my God, something else got me really good. But they got me with some of these jumps because I was like, oh shit.
2: Like yeah. I wasn't expecting it. It's just James Wan is so good at catching. Because like you, you know, like you've seen a million horror movies and you know when the jump scares are coming. You just know. You're like, I'm going to get scared. Here it comes. The music, the music builds up. They're profiling one person. You just know it's going to pop up. And James Wan is so good at making it just confusing you just he hits tricking you, you, into he, hits
1: you with, he hits you with a little delay it's like yeah. you know when like back in our clubbing days and edm music we'd you'd have those songs that big build up and then you jump and you get ready and then there's a do 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 bow, bow. Yeah. and you're like oh shit james Wan. like <laughs> i was ready to be scared and you added a tiny little delay yeah. and i'm the one jumping around the nightclub like an idiot yeah. and a, a jump scare hadn't happened
2: a, yet. a great example of one is actually from the first movie and it's when lorraine warren is sitting there looking at the little um music box thing with the mirror right mm. and you're, you see behind her and you're just waiting like you're no, like it's coming You're like it's coming there's yeah. gonna be something jump up behind and it just never comes it's
1: like they yeah that's sort of again in the second one where she's looking in the mirror and there's nothing there I, I can't remember exactly what happened but there was a weird delay where it's like she looked back and then it pans but I don't remember there was the
0: TV one because the TV one's the one that got me
1: I think it was the TV one. There was like three delays and it yeah. just kept getting you. You're like, yeah. And,
0: yeah. and then he's just over yeah. her shoulder and he's like, this is my house or something. And it's just like, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was never, yeah. he
1: was never in the mirror or the TV or anything. And it was just like, he was
0: just next to her. Yeah. Just next to her. Just terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Hit us um, with a
1: triple Bamboozle.
0: Yeah. So there's like some really great jumps. Cause I actually think that the movie um, starts to falter when the Warrens get to England. I agree More with that. The, I thought the the
2: first half was a lot scarier than the second half, and I thought the, the reason that I ended up not liking the second one as much as the first one, although I still spoiler alert very much like the second one, uh, was I thought the ending was a little bit sensational, just too
1: too big an and end grand,
2: ending. and you know, and you know, just perfect little yeah, ending. Yeah,
1: let's get into the ending in a little bit. Um, just re- just go back to the the beginning of it. Uh, there was when they were first like showing the house and they're panning around. There was some unbelievable camera work where it was like a, a one-shot thing, and it's going from room to room. And at one point, it dips like through a window above and dips. into the, and, I, and I'm just watching this thinking about how how tricky that must have been to film. And it was really, really cool camera work.
2: And that was uh, something that might get overlooked in that movie. But unbelievable job with that. The cinematography in both these movies are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just really all-around good. And that's kind of um, par for the course for James Wan movies. His, his movies are really – all of them are really good cinematography. Mm-hmm
1: um acting wise i thought most of the kids so here's some flaws i thought most of the kids were pretty bad at acting except for the main girl that got kind of possessed she was um, really good the kid with the stutter was i mean he was a pretty good actor but the stutter was not believable at all it was clearly yeah. forced but um i mean he's a little kid but he was a pretty good actor i thought the fire truck scene was uh, was kind of cool they did that was another one with a huge delay and it was actually to a point where i was starting to get frustrated where like the camera panned over to the tent. Mm-hmm. You know, what scene I'm talking about when he yeah, rolled, yeah. So he rolled the fire truck into the tent, and then he goes back to bed, and it's like he knows something's going to happen. He keeps looking over, and I think it wasn't until like the fifth time, actually, he never it never even panned over when when uh he was there, he was laying in bed, and then the fire truck rolled up, and um that was a uh, that was a pretty well acted scene, but that was another one where they just hit you with so many delays.
2: Um, I thought the kids were pretty good actors generally. Um, you know, you know, you never know what you're going to get with kids. Um, they weren't. I I thought they they weren't. Um so bad that it stood out or took me out of it um, yeah. and I do think the main character actress was very good
0: very good yep. I think um, another scene to go to is the like the and I guess we'll call it the interrogation scene or the interview scene or whatever when she's sitting in the chair and they're interviewing her and she makes them turn their backs to her mm-hmm. and they show like a shot of her sort of um it's really blurry blurry but if you're watching that, it's not a jump scare, but it's terrifying because you see her slowly
2: more right
0: Bill Wilkins. And it's like, you just see his silhouette appear and it's never fully in focus, but you know what you're looking at. I, I thought that scene was really well done. I love that scene.
1: Also. Uh, what a last name.
0: I know what a last name, no amazing. relation,
2: really amazing. Great work.
0: Um, but there are some scenes other than the crooked man that I had some issue with in this movie. Did you guys have any other scenes that you, off yeah. the top of your head, that you did? I'll tell like you
1: the, the issue that I had the biggest, uh, the, the scene that I had the biggest issue with as a parent was she sent her kid to bed with biscuits, and he would got crumbs all over the bed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm like, no, no parent sends their kid to bed with biscuits. Other than that, a great movie.
0: Right.
2: Uh I thought the the, the very end <laughs> scene um the very last scene where you know he's out the window there I thought I didn't love it. I didn't love the uh the very like the, the like I said earlier the, the whole ending was kind of sensational. It was just very the- stupid
1: Though so, I mean first of all just from a logistics standpoint <clears throat> you're hanging out the window you're holding onto a curtain he's got the girl. Uh there is a tree and it's a spiky tree, right? It's got one spike. All he's got to do is just kind of toss her to the side a little bit. She's, you're on the second story. She's going to be fine. You're like 10 feet up, not even. <laughs> you know, It's like all he had to do was just ah avoid the tree. And then, I'll, then oh, I'm going to fall? Let me just jump to the side and avoid this tree. It's just, it's just one spike. It wasn't like
0: a whole row of spikes. It would have been fine. Here's my big problem with this. I have two big problems with this scene. So... I didn't even think of that one, Jesse. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. Um, So while Ed's in the house, you know, getting his blood sport moment where he can't see anything and he's looking around for everything and goes upstairs. What's Lorraine doing? Do you guys remember? She was was trying to get in. First, she sees the tree thing happen, which is the vision she has at the beginning of the movie, right? The tree with the spike. And she can't get into the house. The neighbor is cutting the door down with an axe. Mm -hmm. Now, she can get into the house, but logically, that's a small tree. There's a freaking axe right there. Why don't you have this guy going to take down that small-ass tree before anything happens?
1: That you knew was going to kill your husband.
0: Yeah. Because she had seen it in her dreams. Why are we not chopping? Because it wasn't wasn't like this big oak tree. It was this small-ass tree that could have been cut down with about three whacks. And I'm just sitting there like, go cut the tree down, you idiot. Just go cut the tree down before you go into the house. Don't like it. Doesn't to make sense. Fair, to be fair,
2: if they did that, it would have been an even stupider ending. That would have been the, dumb- Wait, <laughs> the dumbest thing. Chop the tree down and that's it. Hang on. Chop <laughs> down this tree, it's dangerous.
0: <laughs> but but you're, you're introducing the solution to a tree by showing the axe. That's the problem. Fair. Don't just the axe out yeah. of it altogether. Just leave the axe out of it. Make it a make it a thing that's not there. Get into the house another way. You hmm. can't introduce a solution to a problem and then not use that solution, right? Fair. Um, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's just okay, absolutely so ridiculous. Problem
1: number two. I, I'm sorry. Did you have another point?
0: I have another one, but we can get into. Okay. Um, problem number
1: two is so she back at home, I believe she saw a vision and she started carving and it looked like she was just carving into her Bible. She was home with her daughter. Right. Yeah. Um, and it turns out she was writing the name of the demon and she still brought that Bible with her.
0: Yeah. Like the same it, to, thing. it
1: to shit. Like, right. Do you don't have another yeah. Bible? So I don't know if it, I mean, maybe this is like the Bible that she brings, but if you just ripped it to shreds, I don't think you're packing that in your suitcase, but she did.
0: So she went out to the Bible. She's like, I must've wrote down this name. Or you didn't read the name already is what you're saying. Like, you know, it was written, but you never read it before. You know, like you've had that Bible. Right. You didn't look to see what you did to that Bible. I think
1: it implied that she had thought that maybe she torn up. But I mean, if you're going to pack the Bible to bring it to England, yeah, you're probably going to flip through and be like, how did I do this thing? Yeah, I don't know. That was uh, yeah. The the ending was was uh, very silly. I mean, the I wouldn't say very silly. It it was it was good enough. It had its moment. It was just a little bit too much of a um, happy Warren save the day ending, which I guess is the point of the series. But it was overall,
0: I thought it was um, not nearly as good as the Conjuring one. Well, I also think that in the ending, bringing the nun in as like the main boss of the movie mm-hmm. was stupid you didn't need to do that like like to me logically that they makes one wanted sense. the spin-off movie that's, that's you exactly could still do the spin-off with, yeah. without her being the main the main villain yeah All you needed,
1: it, it definitely would have you mentioned this earlier like she was it was too much none too much none yeah. too much none and i don't think they needed the big like teeth mouth you know the, the whole demon mm-hmm. mouth although it was kind of scary but it's like Scary enough just being a Marilyn Manson nun, you know. Yeah. Um, but they showed it way too much. I don't think they really needed the end. Uh the scariest nun scene of all was the one where she was she comes out from behind the painting with her Yes. Oh my god, and that she just was runs so at her with the painting. Good. It was like, like so unexpected. And you would you just my favorite expect the scene it, in the whole movie. A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent best scene in the movie. Because you expect her to he... come out of the picture. And she didn't, she just kept the picture in front of her face.
0: That's Same. all you need to do with the nun, though. You can do another little mm-hmm. um, quick scene at the end showing that the nun's still out there to set up some other sort of nun movie instead of banishing the nun at the end and having her be the one doing something in England. Now, like we always say, we don't make the rules for ghosts and you know demons, and maybe they can be in multiple places at once, but the demon that's haunting them, they get on a plane and they end up running into it in england as well like
1: well we I don't make rules i think but, what they had alluded to was the demon could take many forms and it feeds off your fear so it's what you're afraid of right so she was afraid of this picture of the nun this image that she had seen little kid was afraid of the uh the wh- i can't remember his name the um
0: the crookedy man
1: the cro- crooked man yeah so he was afraid of the crooked man that's how he saw the ghost um in the beginning, you saw it as uh, – actually, no, that was Amityville. So I was going to say it also took a little kid form. But it seems like it took
0: different forms de- depending on what you're afraid of. No, I agree. But, but you're still – that demon wrote the name in the Bible in America.
2: And uh, that was yeah. the one
0: that they banished in over in England. Right. So it's still well, to me – demon
2: attaches itself to people. Yeah, so I situations. think it was a
0: vision that she saw. I don't know. So, but that's fine. Again, logically, why is it attacking the Enfield people before they get there? Because after they de- they banished this demon, it solves everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The The ghost of Bill Wilkins wasn't actually bad in the movie. He was fighting the demon for the family. Bill Wilkins wasn't a Wait, bad was he ghost.
1: A, was, he in a, was he a good guy? I missed yeah. that part of the movie. Yeah, in the movie, he, yeah. He so ends, ends up was, being a good guy. Help the family. Oh, look at that. The yeah, Wilkins so, ended up being a good guy again. Yeah, mm. it's it's subverting Chalice expectations. Time.
0: <laughs> but so like that's my point. It's like logically, even even as I'm telling you guys this, you can't you can't immediately come to a logical conclusion as to why it's in both places.
1: So they they wrapped it up with um some facts at the end of the movie saying that the mother who was played by um was it Francis O'Connor who played Peggy and mm-hmm. I guess she ended up dying in that chair in like 2003, that same chair
0: in Um, that corner of the room. It didn't say if it was the same chair or not, but it said in the same spot of the room is uh, the way they worded it.
1: Interesting. And, um, and then they aired the actual tapes and we'll get more into this when we cover the episode, but they played a, a short clip of the actual tapes that they recorded, which during the movie, that was like kind of a, it started off really scary and it kind of was also like a little bit comedic when he's like, Ed, Daddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hilarious being the wife were cracking up. Yeah. But but when you listen to the, they they play the actual tapes at the end of the movie and it was pretty spot on to what they've depicted in, uh, in that scene with uh, just kind of like a low old man voice. And he's just having an actual conversation through this little girl. So, which is
2: is, is, when you listen to the actual audio, it's like it, it almost, like you said, seems like comical, but then you remind yourself that this voice is coming from a little girl. From yeah, an and then it's girl. like, oh, yeah. oh, this isn't funny. This is yeah. horrifying. Because like I, a, a girl, can, a little girl can't do that with her voice. Yeah. Can't another
1: another cool moment in the movie was when um they pl- the I think it was a priest was playing the tape for Ed Warren, and he plays him the tape, and it's it's him listening to this little girl speak as an old man, and Ed just tries to give his expert analysis. He's like, oh, he sounds delusional. You know, uh, how old is he? goes, yeah. you're listening to an 11 year old girl, and that's where like you saw that like it just hit Ed like oh shit this is oh, real
0: yeah, yeah. I like I like the biting stuff I like the suspense build up with that I like the finding of the of the um, dentures to solidify where the gap was from from Bill Wilkins for his dentures I like little stuff like that is good um, I, I find it comical that they find something for Ed. Warren to fix in every movie he's in now.
1: He's just a handyman. It
0: just has to be like the all-around handyman. That's just yeah. kind of a little fun thing that I like. I hope I haven't watched the third one yet, which uh, we're going to be covering at some point soon. But I, I hope to God he's fixing something in there just because it's <laughs> it's got to be like in it's every movie. Now. Maybe that's
1: just how he was. Maybe maybe he was a handyman.
0: That, it definitely could have been. Um, so I, I'm not... Bringing everything up to completely shit on the movie, I still enjoyed the movie as a whole. I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. I think it's a better sequel than most sequels. I just think there are flaws in the movie, and I think you have to realistically point them out. Like, just like like logic flaws are a big thing. You create a a set of rules in a movie. It's you know as long as your rules are understood, then great. I'll I'll follow your rules, but. Once you start to break your own rules, that's when I start to have issues.
2: I think your logic flaws that you pointed out, while they're accurate and you're right and I agree with you, I think that they're
0: not so major that it takes you out of the the tree. One I can I can live with because whatever that's fine. It just the, seemed
1: like it just seemed like I'm sorry to cut you off. It just seemed like a scene that was meant for a rooftop of a tall building, and it's yeah. like yes, that spike is below, but <laughs> that's so easy to avoid. However, if the fall if it was even if it was the third floor, you don't want a kid falling from the third floor. You don't want anyone falling from the third floor. It was the second floor and it really didn't look that high up. And that was my problem is it really seemed like, you know, hanging on for dear life. It just seemed like a scene that was meant for a rooftop scene. And it was just it was just kind of silly. It got I got real poltergeist vibes from that scene with the storm outside and the tree and the windows breaking and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, my,
0: my biggest thing that That's took me out reference. of it was was the nun being the the main villain. I just mm-hmm. I thought that was so unneeded. I think you could have done any other demon there, found a way to expose the name in another in another way. All they um, had to do
1: was tease the nun because I knew, you knew what they were doing. They're doing the same thing with the Annabelle, just interjecting it for the next movie, which is fine because in the first Conjuring movie, they did very little Annabelle, right? Yeah. In the second one, they should have just just done very little nun because it was so scary. Like that, keep that picture scene. And keep the painting scene, and, and yep. even do like maybe one flashback of it. But then, like the final scene, should not have been. No, nope. should not have been the night. I completely agree with you there. Um, we, yep, good.
0: The the other scene that I actually really liked in this movie that you don't see movies do so often is when she was faking everything. I like I like that scene because it, it it just does something different from a movie. It shows her faking it, and the but it also gives a reason why she was faking it. So I enjoyed how they built off of her Wait. faking all the events.
1: What do you mean it showed her faking stuff?
0: She was in the kitchen throwing everything around, faking faking an attack by the ghost. And they had her on camera doing it. And the, and the Warrens are like, we have to leave now because the church is going to see this footage and they're going to tell us to get out of here. And then, you know, a few minutes goes by where everyone's like, you know shitting on the girls like this was all fake blah 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 and then the kids are like why did you do that janet and she's like because the ghost told me if i didn't get these people out of here they were going to kill you
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. that was a reason
0: so they did it then they gave you a great reason as to why she did it and why the hauntings were still valid i thought that was a really simple but like smart thing to do mm. And
1: it definitely definitely weighed into the controversial part and people that were skeptical over it. Mm -hmm. um, A lot of things, like a lot of the photos, they had said that they could have been faked. Like the one of her levitating really looks like she just jumped off the bed. Um, And the photo that they recreated in the movie was very similar to the actual photo. And you can look up some of this actual evidence from the movie. But like I said, we'll get more into that when we get into the Enfield. um, The actual episode where we break down everything about the case. But I mean, overall... I, I thought it was good, not as good as the first one. Are we ready for ratings? We're ready. Yeah. Alright. It's
2: a 4.4 4. 4 for me. I'll start. Dave will start. 4.4. 4.
0: I'm going to give it a 3.8. And... I would, I would, go ahead. And I have to give it a 3.8 because, sort of like what you brought up earlier, Jesse, with the ending, the ending... I had some other flaws that I could have overlooked that we went over, I could have overlooked the crookedy man. Cause it wasn't prominent can overlook the, the logic gap and a few other things. But that ending to me was just like, ugh, it's such a force. We're, we're shoehorning in this nun at the end of this movie so that we can set up a different series of movies. And although the nun was terrifying, it loses its luster towards the end. I think it killed the nun franchise for me because we saw it too much in the original movie. And I just think that there was an easier way to end this movie. And they went to swing for the fences to get everybody gear jazzed up about another franchise when they still could have done the same thing without doing this ending. So
1: 3.8 I, for me.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I was going to give
1: it a 3.8, but now I'll give it a 3.7. <laughs> um, and it, what did it for me, it, like you said, pretty much everything you just said, too much none. None was horrifying that was the scariest part of the movie was the nun's face, right so they overdid that we talked about that enough uh, but we really did it in for me and I know that we kind of brushed over this, but when the dog turns into the crooked man or was it crooked man or just crooked man either way yeah um that was just so bad it that was uh so and I just, I just watched it and I, I didn't jump at all I was like, oh no <laughs> yeah, what have you're done <laughs> yeah so Thanks. that's that's what drops a little bit for me and then you know there's like, just a little too much too much chaos at the end that um too much of a happy ending. I don't know. It was just yeah for me. Three point seven, still a good, still very much watchable movie. Still great, I, I, I think. Uh, but it definitely had its flaws.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair. I because it's still not a bad rating, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. it, you're still throwing Your it up. C there. Plus. Yeah, C plus, C plus B B ish um, in that wheelhouse. It, it just it's so the problem for me is it's just on the cuffs of being so much better. Fix the ending, and it's close to a five. Mm-hmm. I'll overlook the other stuff, and I'll give it a four point seven. But your ending's trash, so I'll get off of it now. Get off my high horse of this uh, this ending. Uh, let's talk about the next horror movie reviews and what we have coming up. So we actually had listeners reach out about movies they would like us to cover in the next one, and I think uh, you know when our listeners ask us to do stuff. For now, we are doing it as much as we can.
2: Ask and you shall receive.
0: Whether it be episodes, rather it be horror movie reviews, um, side content. If you ever have like a celebrity ghost that you want us to dive into, as long as there is a ghost story attached to it, we'll, we'll make it work. Um, so, this one, somebody saw that we were covering the two Conjuring movies. They asked us to include the third. We didn't want to include the third. We're trying to keep it to two movies per one review now. So, we did the three on the Halloween series and stuff, but our goal is to keep the two movies. So we're going to do the Conjuring three on the next one, and the Devil Inside. The Devil Inside. Yep. And we're going to be doing the Devil, doing the Devil Inside as well. So that's our next oh, wait, two horror movie reviews. Yeah, so that's
2: what we're going to do, and uh, we have that to look forward to. The uh, third Conjuring. Oh, well, I think we didn't we didn't we didn't uh, include it in this one because it was not James Wan.
1: The Devil Inside so. is terrifying looking. It's another nun, nun movie. Huh? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I haven't it's seen a, it either,
0: so. it's an exorcism movie.
1: Shouldn't um, we now before we commit fully? If we're gonna tie in another James Wan, shouldn't we just grab another? Maybe cover the nun.
0: Well, that's what we're James Wan didn't direct the nun.
1: Oh, I thought he did. I thought he was doing. No, uh, into yeah. all those. All right, no, he's no, probably you'll... just
0: the executive producer on all. Yeah, of them would be my guess. Uh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Well, right. he didn't do the third. He also movie didn't direct
2: either. the uh, the third Conjuring either.
0: Yeah. So we are going to be covering those two movies on the next one, and then we'll probably get away from Ghost and possessions and go to some other subgenre of horror. Um, but for now, that's the next one. That'll be a few weeks away, so you have some time to watch those movies uh, before we get out of here. Anything from special guest Jesse?
1: That was fun. That was fun. I think I'll join you guys for more of the uh, ghost-related ones. So whenever you do those, I'll I'll hop on. I'm not a big slasher guy, um, even though I'm wearing this shirt, you know. But uh, the gory stuff is not for me. You know,
0: Wait, do you not somebody. like scare? Do you not like Scream? I do like Scream actually, but I'm just, I'm just
1: saying that like the extra gory. No, I do like slasher movies. I apologize. I just don't like extra gory movies like the uh, some of the ones you guys have covered. So. But I'll, you I'll join you guys when I can. So
2: you wouldn't like Terrifier,
1: <clears throat> I know, but it, uh, it's it, so good. You did sell it pretty well. So it's so good. Uh, though. You should watch seems it. A bit over the top for sure. Um, Sounds good. Uh, new Patreon got a new guy. Let's thank the Patreons here.
0: So we have Sarah R as a Patreon member still. Uh, Jake is our newest Patreon member. So thanks for him for signing up. We have Seth slash uh, Dave sucks. Is mm-hmm. his, his mm-hmm. special name that he likes. Dave sucks. Oh, Sarah likes wants. Uh, Dave likes bacon as her special name. Nice little call back to the Villisca. Yes, the Velisca. I, Velisca, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had quite a few people bring up the uh, bacon stuff this week, which is fun. It's a
1: great conversation.
0: Yes. And, uh, oh, my gosh. Stephanie. Stephanie as well. And, and Andrew. 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 <laughs> yep, yeah.
1: Uh, if you guys like the show, you want to support it, the best way you can do that is I leave a five-star review on iTunes. Actually, the best way you can do it is Patreon because money is good. But uh, also, please leave us a review on iTunes. We'll read out some more of those on uh, Tuesday's live broadcast. We'll be
0: back Tuesday at Are, 8, 9 are p.m. you taking over my hosting duties? I just, it just natural.
1: A, you're a after. guest. You're taking too long. You're, you're a guest. You're just, just,
2: just to um, be clear we're in the past right now, and this isn't going to air until after Tuesday's episode.
1: Guess what, Dave? We have a Tuesday episode every fucking Tuesday, so I can say we're going to be live on Tuesday, because we're going to be live on Tuesday. Shit. Alright, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. This has been Jesse's Horror Movie Review, and we'll be back on
0: Tuesday with a you brand new You forget that I have admin <laughs> powers and that I can do this. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks for joining Rob and Dave's Horror Movie Reviews that will never feature Jesse again. (laughs) He has lost his privileges, and we will see you next time. All right, thanks, guys. Bye.